It's time for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolos. You can find everything on pinballprofile.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Pinball Profile. You can email pinballprofile at gmail.com. And if you'd like to show your support, that would be wonderful. You can do so on patreon.com slash pinballprofile. Don't worry. The show will always be free. But thank you to great supporters like GME Law, Fox Cities Pinball, Lua W, and so many others. Rodney C. Can't thank you enough for your support. So, I'm here in Germany right now, which is a long way for me to go, but it's longer perhaps for these two gentlemen because they have come from Australia. I'm talking to Jason Lambert and Simon Peel. Jason, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Nice to finally see you. And Peely, I've seen this guy a few times, including uh, an event that may have happened in Australia some few years ago. But actually, <laughs> but actually, forget the big win. I don't, I don't, I'm not the kind of person to brag about. Never, never talks about yeah, it. Yeah, I never mention it, but... Uh, I did see you, funny enough, at District 82. I mean, here you are in Germany, but District 82, you made the hike. I did indeed. I love an international uh, tournament, playing against all these great kids especially, but, you know, guys like yourself make the, the complete the tournament. It's always great fun, just great fun. You make it sound like I'm filling the voids. The kids are the good ones, and then old farts like me. I get what you're saying, Simon. Hang on, I'm five years older than you, I think. Uh, Yeah, but you look ten years younger, so that's the (laughs) trick, right? Anyway, Simon, it's good to see you. We'll get back to you in a second here. Uh, Lambo, this is uh, exciting for you. You've always been one of the top players in Australia. I think of Richard Rhodes, of course, Simon, and others. I'm not going to say Ryan C. He doesn't do enough, uh, but, (laughs) but... the World Championships, it's not always easy to get to, but here you are in Germany. You have to be excited. Absolutely. Uh, it's my second uh, second venture into the uh, the World Championship. First time EPC, uh, first time in Germany. Absolutely amazing to be here. And what's neat is we're seeing people from 20 different countries, certainly in the IFPA 18. We're recording this uh, two days before IFPA 18 begins, so who knows? Maybe I'm talking to one of the winners right here. But the exciting thing is 20 different countries. And because of what you do in Australia, coming up in July, you are one of the people, along with Jimmy Nails, and I'm sure there's many others, uh, that run Brisbane Masters. That is a big undertaking. So you know what it's like here in Germany to see all these people from other countries flock to a big event. So you know the pressure. Oh, for sure. It's, uh, I mean, the the Brisbane Masters is planning 12 months ahead. Uh, as, as soon as one, one event's finished, we're already planning next year. That's probably on a, a slightly smaller scale compared to where we are right now. I can, I can only imagine what they've been up to in terms of setting up events here and things like that. So it's a big effort from everyone that's uh, involved here. And, yeah, looking forward to running BPAC again. It's only seven, eight weeks away until that happens uh, down under. So, uh, yeah, we'd love, love, to, love, love to see plenty more come along if possible. There's plenty of room for more. Simon, I'll ask you because obviously Lambo's got a vested interest in this, but he's definitely talking about a great event that's actually now part of the Stern Pro Circuit. What does Brisbane Masters mean to you and obviously to Australia? Well, it's sort of a, an example of what the guys over in the US and certainly Europe do, and this is this is a great pinball sort of festival, you could say, and, and much like um, the Brisbane Masters is with a series of tournaments, you know, ranging from classics. Um, and to even the, the horrid flip frenzies, uh, maybe there's one at the end, but, you know, people do enjoy uh, all facets of games and, like, it's a great venue. I mean, the great thing about the Brisbane Masters is the venue and the space and obviously the organisation, but the space where it's held, there's plenty of room to swing someone. 
if, you, if, you, if you'd enjoy that sort of stuff. So it's a little different here, isn't it, Jeff? Yeah, some high ceilings there, uh, lots of space. I've certainly enjoyed watching the streams. But, you know, when I think of Brisbane Masters and I think of the history of it, forget where we are in 2023. When we first, before COVID, heard of Brisbane Masters, that was, wow, 10 days of pinball. It was perhaps the creation of what they call the Whopper Farms, where you could go to an event and play a tournament every single day and just cash in on the Whoppers. You and Jimmy Nails, Jason, might have created a bit of a monster in that. And, uh, you know, now we see it, obviously, at District 82. We see it here at Bulls and Balls in Fulda, Boras Open as well, too, in Sweden. But it all started with Brisbane Masters. Yeah, it certainly provides value for money for people who are travelling in particular, even if, even just back at home, in the, uh, travelling interstate. Uh, it makes it makes the trip worthwhile. It's I mean it's certainly a tiring affair after ten days by all means, but uh, yeah, I mean it's I suppose in some ways good to know that uh, we potentially uh, created history to some degree. So uh, yeah, I mean. Who's going to push the bar even further next time? We're going to go two full weeks next time, 14 days. Wow. I mean, 10 days, that is a lot of pinball, a lot of excitement in beautiful Queensland. As Dr. John tells me, it's the most beautiful part of all Australia, if not the world. i got to go to the Gold Coast. But uh, 10 days, that's a lot of dad jokes for Dr. John. Too many. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he is renowned for his dad jokes. I guess. I mean, (laughs) he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy for sure. And I know it means a lot to him uh, to have Brisbane Masters. So you said you're about seven weeks away. Twelve months of planning. You're expecting at least, what, almost 200 people maybe show up? Yeah, so I think there's about 160 registered at this stage, but uh, we always get a few late uh, late ticket sales. So, uh, yeah, we're definitely expecting 200. I mean, we were planning to have about 200 at last year's event, but we had a few people come down with COVID throughout the event, which obviously can happen with uh, big crowds and things like that. But, yeah, I mean, if we can uh, at least beat last year, uh, I think it was about 170-odd and ended up participating last year. 200 be the magic number. That's, mm. the, that's, the, that's the, definitely the goal. Uh, and then who knows where it could go from there. So You've got the machine, certainly, to hold that and all the different venues, too. Like this, right now, we're playing the EPC, we're playing the IFPA Olympics, and then, of course, the IFPA 18. But, you know, you don't have to play all the events. You can take a day off and maybe see the Gold Coast and things like that. And, you know, what is, Simon, you've done a lot of traveling. What is the best way to describe to people who've never been to Australia, especially on the eastern coast, what is the best way to describe what you'll be seeing if you were to come to Brisbane Masters? Well, I hate to, I'm a Victorian. I hate to admit it, but <laughs> Queensland is a very beautiful state. And, and the weather consistently, because down south where it's a bit cooler, so we look forward to going to Brisbane and it's often about 10, 8 degrees warmer. So we... Always love to go up there. And so you're going to get some beautiful beaches. You know, I think they've got the top two beaches in the world in the top ten or something. So that's just an example of the beauty. But you just have to drive out of, of Brisbane north, you know, 100 kilometres, and you see some uh, the tropics of uh, Australia. Just a, a wonderful place. And, of course, the people aren't bad. The beer's OK as well. <laughs> that's funny. I, I saw somebody here at Bulls and Balls with a Foster's Cup. And I don't know if it was... I think, actually, they gave it to you. It wasn't a Foster's beer. It was just a, a glass. Mm. And it's the little-known secret for those that have been to Australia. Um, 
Nobody here in Australia drinks Foster's. No, Foster's is terrible. It's, <laughs> uh, don't drink it. Don't drink it. I mean, I know we should be promoting things, but no, Foster's is terrible. The beer here is heaps better. Oh, in Germany? Yeah, this is where it all began for yeah. sure. Absolutely. So to get that many games, how is the community coming together? I mean, is it private collections? I know Jimmy Nails and, and others are bringing games. Uh, how do you get all those games at BPAC? Again, it's, oh, it just comes down to the wonderful community we have back at home. And, and it's not just at home, it's it's around the world. Like The pinball community is just amazing. And uh, as soon as we put the call out asking for machines and uh, assistance and, and things like that, people just willingly put their hand up and say, yeah, I'll donate machines and, and things like that. I mean, sometimes we might have to sort of uh, just give people a bit, bit, bit of a nudge here or there, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, as I said, the community back at home is just amazing. Most, uh, most of the machines that will be there will be from private collections, which is just fantastic, uh, and obviously a few uh, arcade uh, and, and barcades and things like that at home are supplying as well. But, yeah, just, again, just the outpouring of support by the community is, uh, is fabulous as always. So, Simon, when you travel like you did to District 82 and came to North America and you're here in Germany right now, you sometimes get to see games quicker than you do in your home country because it takes a little longer for some of the games to get to Australia. So, when you come here, when you first came, let's say, to District 82, what was kind of the eye-opening thing for you? Well, District 82, the game, the classics, I love the classics. I'm a bit of an old fart like you, Jeff, and we, we love them. Uh, they play superb. I mean, the spinners at District 82, my goodness, do they spin. Like, the way Eric looks after those games there, it's a huge cross-section of um, decades, and all the ga- games work perfectly. I guess, you know, they've got the luxury in the US of having an, a venue like that. You know, we don't have, in Australia, we don't have a venue where we've we might have a cross-section of all those old and new. Like, just the, the quality of games, and certainly here at Bulls and Balls, I think the games play fantastically. I, I think the tilts are a little bit tight for the way I play. Oh, you just spoke too loud. You just tilted three machines. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I will say, I've played a lot of Godzilla, but that I, I, I think I've got three million on one game. because Nice. I, <laughs> well done. <laughs> This I've rushed rushed the game before, so re- in my defence. Representing Australia, Simon Peel <laughs> here. Right. There's something with the shots on that. I think it's got a play field protector. Hang on, Jeff, let, bear with me on this. <laughs> Can I, there's a, I, I've played a lot of Godzilla. That play field protector does something to those shots. It does. It, it almost yeah. feels like you're playing on glass. It doesn't grip the wood. Yeah. I think play field protectors have their place in pinball. I think if you're a collector yeah. uh, and you want to keep these machines pristine, yeah, that's great. It's a little difficult, a little uh, unnerving, if you will, and something we're not used to in North America in the tournament settings. So uh, a little bit of adjustments, you'd probably agree too, don't you, Lambo? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Sorry, I'm I mean, sorry, tuned out there, sorry. Well, I, I mean, I tuned out too when he said $3 million on Godzilla. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Why am I wasting a pinball profile on this guy? But I'm kidding. No, it is tough, and I, I'm probably right there with you for the difficulty. But, you know, we were talking about games coming to Australia. Of course, you've got the wonderful Haggis Pinball with what Damien's doing there and Marty Robbins and stuff. That's kind of nice to see, and it's got to be a sense of pride for you for your country to produce such great games. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, I mean, probably wouldn't have been thought of, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I mean, obviously we had uh, Hank and Pinball's 
20, 30, 40 years ago. But yeah, to see Haggis uh, producing pinballs and flying the flag for Australia and uh, machine production is just fantastic. And I hope they continue for years to come. They made a big showing at Texas Pinball Festival. And the number one question people when they were playing those games were, how do I buy one? And well, you've got to get on and, and, and get in there and, and hopefully you do for the next titles. But uh, that's going to be exciting to see the future of that company. And it's good to have the two of you in here because, as you know, on my other podcast, Final Round Pinball Podcast on the Pinball Network, I talk regularly to Marty Robbins every week, the uh, other host, and we bring on Ryan C. And for a lot of people in North America, they think, that's what Australians are like. Those two guys. <laughs> are we close? Is that a good statement? Is it a stereotype? Or are the, What can you say, both of you, about Marty and Ryan, the former head-to-head hosts? First of all, Simon. Well, what, keep it PG. <laughs> <laughs> Where can I start, Ryan? Now, look, it is an example of an Australian. Did they put, I think we take the piss out of ourselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And Canadians, I think there could be other countries, without mentioning yep. any names, um, that perhaps don't take themselves a little bit seriously. And Australians certainly don't do that. And I think if you do take yourself seriously in Australia, you get torn down very quickly, very quickly. It's funny you should say that because years ago, honeymoon cruise... I was on a cruise, 2,100 people, but 700 were Australians, and I knew maybe a handful at best, but really connected with them and just thought, we're similar in a lot of ways. That sense of humor, the, the uh, you know, not taking yourself too seriously, it was kind of fun. But, all right, Lambo, your thoughts on that Marty and Ryan C? Oh, good blokes. Good blokes. I, I, why are you I'm... winking? Why are you crossing <laughs> your finger? Why, why are you like laughing as you say that? To, to be honest, I haven't really had a lot to do with Ryan and Marty because we do live in, yeah. in different states and things like that. But I mean, the few times we have come across them, uh, I mean, I've played Marty a few times in tournaments. I haven't played Ryan so much in tournaments over the years, but Marty, I think, has probably got the better of me a few times, I think. So uh, he needs to play yeah. more. He's a good player. I, mean, I agree. I agree. But um, like yourself with Brisbane Masters, he was involved heavily with Melbourne Silverball, right? Mm-hmm. Is that something that's still going to happen hopefully yeah. uh, we do miss that marty and like i know you're busy with all your other stuff and that's understandable but your organization skills with melbourne silver ball and all, all you know you've got tournaments going obviously ryan does so much for the tournament scene in melbourne you're missed uh, marty i know you're busy so if you can sort of <laughs> swing it around possibly that'd be great well that's interesting you should say that we were talking about ryan c when ryan c you first listened to head to head and you listened to like probably most people in pinball they were there for the collections they were there to see the new games they were you know analyzing the sounds the code this that the shots and then somehow he got the tournament bug and did he get the bug i mean i'm not going to say it was pandemic like but he really is a big driving force in melbourne and victoria with tournaments and is that something that's more common in australia because i always hear leagues aren't a big thing but kind of tournaments and, and comps is still the main thing but not so much leagues what was the tournament slash league scene like in australia uh, so leagues, there's a few more leagues starting to happen uh, uh, back at home. Uh, I know Victoria uh, in Melbourne were uh, doing a, a league there, a couple of leagues I think to start this year off, but I think they're uh, phasing that out and going back to the, the single uh, tournaments. Uh, there's a couple of leagues happening in uh, in Brisbane as well, uh, a couple of IFBA ones and there's also a, a social one out of uh, Netherworld as well. Uh, that runs every, I think, Sunday fortnight or something or other. But uh, for the most part, it's pretty much tournaments. And I think uh, when the tournament scene first came to Australia back in 2012, pretty much everything was 
uh, set up as tournaments. So I think the precedent was set that everything was tournament-based and not so much league-based. But it's, it's, it's great that uh, we do have different levels of tournaments back at home, whether it's a social comp uh, with like a handful of players with a small format, or whether it's, you know, again, bigger scale like uh, Brisbane Masters or the now state championships and things like that as well. So, yeah, I mean, that's where it's at at the moment. We've got about, what, 1,600 rated players or ranked players at home, so or registered players, I should say. And it's only getting better and better. I mean, sure, COVID sort of set that back a yeah. little bit, but um, we're sort of heading in the positive direction once again, so... Yeah. It's nice to see shows like uh, BPAC and, and Melbourne Silver Bowl and, and Tazpin, I think, is another one, Simon. So um, these shows are good ways for people in Australia to really embrace whether it's competitions, collecting, or just pinball in general. Well, it's, I mean, how do you get away from the children? Like, you could pay $80 for a, a, a new game um, online. Video game, sure. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, you know, pinball machines are, are so expensive. So it's where you can play them on site or, uh, you know, who has some who makes them available at home. So I don't quite know how you get to the kids because obviously the building it from uh, the kids kids up, like it's often fathers who sort of pass that interest down as we've seen here uh, this week. You know, there's so many great father-son teams effectively. Zemak, Asher, uh, you know, Neil Graf, and yeah. there's just, you're right, so many more. Mm. So that, that's how you, you, I mean, you need to move away from that and get other kids that may be interested in Fortnite, I don't even know the games, but how do you get them, get them into, you know, pinball, which is quite something you cannot emulate. And I will say, I went out to Stefan. Stefan out here, this guy has a sort of a oh, trailer. Yeah. Did you go in there? I went in there. He had a VR, he had, he had an Amigo, uh, old EM, but he had a, a V-Cab, but it was gorgeous, yeah. and it had every game and more on yes, there. Yes, So playing that really instilled my position on physical versus trying to emulate a pinball machine. I don't know how that it, you're going to ever do it. There's that physical kinetics that at the moment cannot be emulated by a computer, by, you know, that I've seen. There's that little lag. It's like milliseconds. Yeah. And it just feels different. Yeah. But if it's an introduction to that, pinball, whether right. it's an app Absolutely. or whether it's pinball arcade well, or pinball true. FX. Quite, that's quite true. I, I don't want to really... It's uh, different. Yeah, it is different, and you want but to. It's cheaper to do something. Well, like that. that's that's a gr- quite a good point because, um, as I mentioned, so, ten thousand dollars for a game or minimum in Australia. You don't need to buy one. You can go to an arcade. But it's like you say, if you're used to playing on Pinball FX or mm. on a PlayStation or Xbox or a VCAB mm. or something, where it's not costing you ten thousand dollars for a new machine, that's true. That gets you hooked. You see a row, and you're like, whoa. And I know for me, I was playing on one of those arcades, pinball arcade, and I had never played the physical game Flight 2000, but I was like, this is kind of a fun game. One came up for sale cheap, I bought one, and the only reason I bought it was because of playing it virtually. So it's interesting how we get into it. How did you get into pinball? Uh, my first memory was uh, being about four years old. Uh, Mum and Dad used to bowl at the local uh, Tempin Bowling Centre, and uh, we just used to obviously tag along, yeah. uh, being four years old. We used to go watch everyone go play the, uh, the machines in the sure. arcade. And, and uh, I mean, yeah, there was plenty of video games, but uh, I was hooked on the watching the watching everyone play pinball. And my first memory is probably uh, mousing around, oh, hearing, okay. hearing the squeals of the letters being called out yeah. and things like that. So, uh, yeah, so that's my first memory, I think, of pinball, really, that, uh, that mousing around game. And that's stuck with my mind ever since, really. Good so. game. And you're a lot younger than you and I, uh, Simon, but Simon, for you, I guess it would have been wood rails, right? <laughs> Do you know, 
It was EMs. No, oh, no. I, I, I was like a kid and I saw an EM, maybe a wedge head. Sure. Um, actually, Joker poker. At the, you know, it's quite rare, the EM. The EM version, sure. It was at the fish and ship shop where many fish and ship shop milk bars in Australia had games. And uh, as soon as I saw that ball roll, uh, you know, there was something um, special about it. And 10 cents a game in those days. And... I sort of lost interest for 30 years, really. Um, didn't play much, but, you know, I, I love it. There's no doubt about it. Love it's it. It's nice to come back. So with you, with Melson around, Jason, with you, with Joker Poker, with Ryan C., with the backlash of strikes and spares, it's, it's funny how we all get into it, but uh, I wish you the best of luck this weekend and, of course, at BPAC, at the Brisbane Masters. And, again, where can people find out more about Brisbane Masters, Jason? Uh, yeah, there's bnepac.org. Is there an AU on there? I can't remember. Uh, but bnepac.org. If that doesn't work, try the AU on the end as well. But yeah, all the information's there. Uh, ticket, uh, buy your tickets there as well. And yeah, we'd love to see as many people as possible. We'd love to see a few more come over from, from overseas as well. That'd be great. It's interesting you say that because the last two times you ran it, somebody named Escher Lefkoff and Stephen Bowden won it. I know you had a, a fellow in uh, the Western Australia come close. You don't want a North Americans going to that, do you, Simon? It's got to well, defend. I think you can... Actually, Escher got pushed out in the quarters or the semis. But the year before, he, the year before him and Z-Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's true. I'll, I'll even interject there and say three years in a row, Brisbane... Mar- well, actually, if you take out the COVID year of 2021, sure. where it was only locals only, but if you go back the year before that, when travel was like still a thing and, and back in, back in 2019 Colin Urban won that one too oh so, my goodness so technically if you three IFPA Brisbane Masters in a row have been won by the Yanks so are you hearing that North Americans you need to go to Brisbane Masters because and my hand's up too because for some reason North Americans do really really well in Australia and the Australians are great players but you guys are going to have to fight together just just remember when you come to come to Australia though the ball rolls differently down there because <laughs> just remember gravity's different down in Australia so uh, if you're playing junkyard, you watch it spin in the toilet. That's a little odd. It does it? go the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah very funny. <laughs> all right, Simon Peel, thank you very much. Thanks, Jeff. Well done. Jason Lambert, all the best. Thanks again for having me, Jeff. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find everything on pinballprofile.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter and Instagram at pinballprofile. Email pinballprofile at gmail.com. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your uh, support and help on patreon.com slash pinballprofile. Really appreciate it. All the best. I'm Jeff Teolos. Yeah.